0: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is The Greatest Show on Dirt Sunday, February 11th. I'm your host, Quentin, coming to you from the Sweet Beast Studios. Of course, today I've got Kyle on from Cubs Live because we are just 24 hours from what just happened, which is you, Darvish, as a Chicago Cub. Kyle, what's up, man?
1: Hey, Quentin. Uh, man, it's, the, the long-awaited free agent has signed, and like it was reported, that the Cubs being the front runner, you Darvish is officially a Chicago Cub, and the U-Watch is officially over, man. I'm jacked about this. I know you are, and man, it's going to be fun to talk about this.
0: Dude, can I tell you, I was a little mad yesterday when you texted me, so for anyone that's listening to this, here's what happened. So yesterday, I recorded a pretty good podcast, right? And then so I record for like 45 minutes, and then I go outside to walk my dog, and then you text me and just said that you, Darvish, signed with the Cubs, and my initial response was like, you got to be kidding me, man. I literally just recorded a podcast, and then all of a sudden, like this big breakout thing happens, and I was like, well, that's probably my luck. And then like two minutes after that, I was like, oh, crap, Cubs got him a pitcher. And not only that, but they got him a really good one. So where – oh, my gosh, you're 100% right, though, man, the excitement – I don't even know where to start. This is huge. Jed, Theo, the whole shebang. It's crazy. Um, I mean, I kind of felt like Ralphie on Christmas Story when he got the writer BB gun. And when I read your text message, I almost cried, man. Like, I'll tell you this. (laughs) Like, I've been watching. I was up all night last night watching This Is Us, like, trying to catch up with it because, like, that's just a phenomenal show. And, like, that makes me weep, right? I always cry at the end of Days of Thunder. And then when okay. I got that text message, I was like, dude, it was so emotional, man. So what do you think about this, man? What do you got?
1: Man, I remember. So yesterday when this all happened, I uh, for a few months now, since the sauce has been so slow, I've been uh, subscribed to Ken Rosenthal's tweets yeah. and just hoping to get that notification. I've been looking at my phone, waiting for that notification. Actually had my phone set down, and all of a sudden I saw it light up, and Ken Rosenthal. So as soon as I get a Ken Rosenthal notification, I quickly look. And it said breaking, and I was like, okay. And then I read a little bit more that Hugh Darvish is a Chicago Cub and I went nuts. Like I started shaking. Like you said, it it's like, okay, this is actually happening now. So uh Hugh Darvish, the Cubs sent him to a six year deal, 126 million, uh, twenty one million guaranteed, and he can get up to a hundred fifty mil in incentives. Uh, and there was a reported opt out after two years that came out last night. Uh, and and Darvish has a no trade clause, just like Jason Hayward. So Uh, The full no trade for part of the deal, then it switches to 12 team list. So to get him for 21 million, I know a lot of people think that's a lot, but for 21 million, I think it's a steal because if you remember how we offered Alex Cobb. Uh, Alex Cobb wanted $20 million. So to get yeah. Darvish for a $21 million deal is a steal for me. And, uh, man, it's just going to be fun to have him in this rotation. It's only going to better us for not only the short term but the long term too.
0: Yeah, $21 million is an absolute steal of a deal. It's like going to Kroger and getting like buy one, get one free on beef jerky and you're like super stoked. But, like, here's what you <laughs> get with, like, you, Darvish, at $21 million a year. If you look at other guys, and you can argue me on this and I will fight you till the end – Guys like David Price and Max Scherzer and Zach Greinke getting well over $210 million. I mean, John Lester's getting paid more than you, Darvish, is right now. Um, I think, yep. for like, his average annual value and, like, the total value of the contract. I think John Lester was, like, six at 155 But But I'm going to start with this, man. I'm going to read you something real quick in here. So, you, Darvish, obviously went went for so cheap. Partially because I guess what the free agent market is doing, but also because of his World Series performance, that World Series performance where he pitched, I think, Game Three and Game Five. I hold zero value into like any of that stuff. Like it doesn't phase me at all, and it doesn't Not at phase all. me for two reasons. Right, one, there was the pitch tipping, um, and even Houston Astro players have admitted to that. So that's just something bad that happened that I have. If any team is going to fix that and bring back 2013 U Darvish, it's going to be the Chicago Cubs and the system that they provide to their players, um, everything they yep. do for their players off the field, in the clubhouse, at practice and things like that, there's not a better place for him to be. And I'd even heard that a similar offer was on the table for the, from the L.A. Dodgers. And I think he could have went back to L.A. but chose Chicago because I think he knew that was the place to be. So I'm going to read you this real quick. This is a verbatim. Okay from sports illustrated it's a sports illustrated article from like um ah, it was like right after the world series and here's what it is and this is in regards to you darvish coming from japan to the u.s and about how his pitching stage so he said in japan darvish was so dominant that he was carte blanche which means he would go into games and just do whatever he wanted he could he could pick his plan make his moves and didn't really have a lot of input from people but Yu Darvis is naturally analytical, and he relishes combing through data kind of on its own. And he said when he was in Japan that nobody said anything about his pitching. And it was he it was his duty. He had it on his own to make his own plan and execute the game. But when he came to Major League Baseball, um, he had all of these on-hands pitching coaches on him. And he said, I'd never had that experience before of a pitching coach telling me what to do. It is a personal struggle To consume all of that advice and making adjustments. And I think that's when I started to gradually lose the fun of the game. And this is what Yu Darvish said in this article post World Series. And this tells me a couple things. One, we signed Yu Darvish for 21 million. And if anyone says that's an overpayment, they're crazy and they're 100% wrong. Because if you just wanna look, and isolate the 2017 season for U Darvish or even isolate the world series game seven. And I've heard people say, Oh, well, the, the Dodgers would have won the world series if they didn't have you Darvish. Well, they wouldn't have got to the world series if they didn't have him. But that exactly. article tells me right there that U Darvish has not been given the opportunity to be himself And he probably hasn't had that in a couple years. And you and me have talked about this before. The way Joe Madden and, you know, even upper management from Theo and Jed and how they encourage this, Joe lets his guys play the way they want. So, like, when Javi makes, like, a dumb mistake and tries to do too much on defense or something, like, Joe Madden doesn't reprimand him because he's really careful to not take away that, like, natural ability of the player. And I think when you, Darvish, I think partially he I think he chose Chicago because of this and I really think you'll see it as he's going to have this platform to play his game to where he has it he didn't have it in Texas and didn't have it in LA and I think you could see a completely different guy and I really truly believe that if you look at the numbers at the end of 2018 and what they might look like I think it's going to be closer to 2013 you Darvish than anyone thinks.
1: Yeah, you know, you're completely right. I think, you know, coming over to Chicago uh, he gets a lot of freedom and, you know, he, he said, he went on record to say that when he was with Texas, they did have a lot of rules, which you, you kind of talked about and he, yeah. he wasn't a fan at all. So I'm, I'm sure, you know, his, his freedom a little bit, you know, knowing that Joe Madden and Theo kind of lets him do his own thing here has tied into it. Uh, I know that Joe Madden meets with the players in spring training before the season, all-star break, and he likes to meet with them right before the playoffs. So he doesn't like a lot of team meetings. And I'm sure that differs from every other clubhouse where the manager likes to come in, sit down and talk to the players. But Joe Madden knows. He knows that if a guy messes up, that they know. So he doesn't have to address it. You know, we have teammates for that. If someone's messing up, the teammate will go talk to them. That's just the type type of team is. So, you know, for you, Darvish, to come over here, I think, that, like you said, he's going to have a lot of freedom and uh, he's going to be able to, you know, focus on his pitches, he's going to focus on his outings, and he's going to be a better better player come 2018.
0: I, I think he will be. I wrote an article on December 5th, and this was before, at this point when I wrote this, I didn't even think Hugh Darvish would be a Cub. And I, the basically the gist of the article was if, if a team will sign him and let him pitch his game, he'll win a Cy Young in 2018. And I wouldn't be surprised oh. if he does that. I know for him to hit his 150 – uh, Ken Rosenthal had tweeted that he would have to win multiple Cy Youngs, and I had retweeted that and said, I would not be surprised if that happens, because his stuff post-Tommy John, it's still just as nasty. The slider, you know, he kind of has to rediscover that slider a little bit, um, but hey, who wouldn't after they missed the full season and, you know, a right. third of the, the next season, that's crazy. Um but man I would not be surprised, you know, um, coming to spring training if they redevelop that slider cuz that slider for him's been a knockout pitch. Guys batting I think yep. like a buck 70 against it, which is what's given you Darvish. I mean, if you look at his baseball reference box, you're looking at 11.8 or 11.9 Ks per 9 innings. It's it's unreal and this rotation is going to be crazy dangerous.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. And it's crazy that Darvish is so, such a good pitcher that he can throw 70 miles per hour from his left side, too. And obviously, he yes. won't pitch from his left side, but that just goes to show the, the type of athlete he is. And then to add along to that, you know, he can top out at high 90s. He can also throw a 60-mile-per-hour curveball that fools hitters like no tomorrow. So his stuff is nasty. I know after he signed, I just sat down for like an hour watching you, Darvish, and I was like, Man, this is going to be so fun to have him on the Wrigley Field mound and just watching him and, you know, going to be able to cover him this year. It's just going to be a blast.
0: It is. You know, you're putting him in one of the best baseball systems around right now in Major League Baseball. And one of my favorite things to watch is that gif of him where it shows, like, all, like, six of his pitches at the same yeah. release point. Yeah. And you're just like, you know, if if this team really di- dials in his sequencing of pitches – he, he's dangerous. It's like trying to solve him is like trying to solve a Rubik's Cube. It's going to be nuts. And I just wonder, though, what are the chances that Joe Madden lets him pitch left-handed one day? <laughs> right? I know. I know <laughs> you never know. Be funny.
1: Yeah, uh, I have no idea, man. It, it's going to be a blast. Now, That's I all w- I know.
0: I want to ask you a question, man, because um, you cover the Cubs 24-7. Um, I've thought about this move in a sense of like, a clubhouse dynamic right so here's the question i want to ask you the cubs were ready to win and i think if the cubs didn't sign you darvish i think most people would agree that they were still the favorites to win the nl central so you've got a three-time defending nl central champ um wait no they've only won two times in a row
1: yeah and they got the, that wild card
0: right yeah exactly but, uh, so yeah. i think they were probably to def- the favorite to win it to the third time. But what do you think a move like this does to a clubhouse? Because the Chicago Cubs have all the pieces to make the playoffs and win the NL central, but Theo and Jed, they're not getting complacent and they're still adding in this winning window. Even though the Cubs probably have what it takes, they're still reinforcing this. How does this move like really go through the rest of the clubhouse as far as like just upper management, having faith in them? What's it do to these guys?
1: Right, dude. It, it, it speaks volume to who Theo and company really is. Shorber said today that Theo's Theo. He went out, saw aggressive move, and got Darvish. And let me run this by you real quick. Yeah. On March 26, 2017, so almost a year to date, at the start of the rotation, the, the rotation a year to date was John Lester, Jake Arrieta, John Lackey as our third, Brett Anderson, who Brett Anderson got hurt and Eddie Butler came in to refill his, refill his spot, who now is irrelevant, and Kyle Hendricks was the fifth. Fast forward a year, the 2018 rotation is John Lester, Yu Darvish, Kyle Hendricks, Jose Quintana, and Tyler Chatwood. That's a heck of an upgrade. And in one year our rotation just got a lot better. And if you were to tell me in the beginning of last year that we would have Quintana, Tana, you Darvish, Tyler Chatwin, I would say you're crazy. But yet again I wouldn't I wouldn't think you're crazy because that's just who Theo is. Yeah. And to have you Darvish come over here, we went from a ninety win team to a team that can possibly get back to a twenty sixteen type field who can win a World Series and win over a hundred games. And just like, you know, Jim Bowden said that the Cubs are a 91 team without half of their lineup really breaking out. Yeah. Hayward's offensive struggles. Russell struggles at the plate. Almora hasn't even had a full year yet. Baez now fitting in the everyday lineup, which you see more and more production from them going up. Contreras as well. So if this offense starts clicking with those guys or even have some of those guys breaking out and having better years than they have in the past, you could see this team, a hundred win team like we saw in 2016. And I think our rotation is even better from our world series year. So who knows what we will see. All I know is this is a team that's going to be fun to watch. I'm glad I'm covering them because they, with this move of U garbage coming over, over to Chicago, man, we just got a heck of a lot better and, it's, and not even, not even wins and losses, but the clubhouse is just going to be more amped up coming in this spring training, knowing our team, the targets on their back again. And uh, man, I know, I know just, it's, It's really relieving knowing that we have a front office that supports us and to make these moves to to set us up in the best position to win.
0: Yeah, and even at the end of all of this Hugh Darvish signing, they're still $11 million under the luxury tax. So they could still, if they have to spend anything at the trade deadline, they could do it. But they're still primed where if they want to add something next year, um, from what I can tell, Jed and Theo are willing to spend the money on it.
1: Exactly. And, And just to go along with that, Theo also got Drew Smiley, who I forgot is about probably, him. Yeah. so so he's missing, so he's going to miss probably half or three-fourths of the year this year. He might get worked into the bullpen, but also, if he starts, and if he gets back to how he was in the past, he can. he's another option for a starting pitcher, so we might have a six-man rotation come 2019, so, and that's a good problem to have, because we have four legitimate opening day starters, yeah. and that's never a bad thing, so yeah it's uh it's great
0: yeah I kind of look at this U Darvish move as what the Astros did with Justin Verlander last year on like yep. the very last day of when they could have got him because I know they didn't make a move at the first trade deadline and there were some talks in that clubhouse from guys like Dallas Keuchel who were just like kind of just maybe down and out a little bit that nothing was added and but the Astros still had the pieces to win and then all of a sudden at that that last minute they get Verlander in and it really fires up the clubhouse and it, it, it's going to do that for sure, and I think this is a huge move. It's going to emanate you know, from the starting rotation to the bullpen to all the guys in the clubhouse to where if this team wasn't fired up before yesterday, now like it's through the roof, which is amazing. Um, let me ask you this, man. Yeah. How do you think this starting rotation stacks up for the rest of the National League, namely um, against like the L.A. Dodgers starting rotation wow. in the Nationals?
1: Well, that's a good question. I mean, compared comparing it to the National League, it's obviously top three. Is it the best? I mean, it's a toss up between the Nationals and Dodgers, like you said, and the Cubs. I mean, if everything's going right for the Cubs, I do see them as the favorite. You know, starting rotation in the National League, and it's also comparable to the Houston Astros, who in my as much as I love the Cubs, I do think that the Houston Astros have the best rotation. Even though ours is the best, one of the best on paper, they they have some. Really good arms over there, yeah. so um, I do think that getting King T- or getting uh, Darvish sets us away from uh, you know competitors in the National League Central, uh, and it's in it and playoffs in come playoff time. You know, pitching does win games. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's going to come down to who can pitch at the right time.
0: Yeah, and I kind of last year for the Cubs. They Their cup starters, they were fourth in a lot of categories. They were fourth in ERA, whip, average against. I think they were fifth in strikeouts, but eighth in innings pitched. Um, so they were really efficient last year. Like, just what you said, like, they got better this year. Because last year, even last year, they were for sure a top four starting rotation. And now they have Tyler Chatwood replacing Lackey. And then Arietta being replaced by Hugh Darvish. And I think that's going yeah. to be huge exactly. for these guys for sure.
1: I actually have those numbers right here. Uh, last year for the Cubs, granted we did have John Lackey who left up a lot of homers. Brett Anderson was in our lineup uh, rotation, and last year the Cubs ranked in the MLB. Our rotation ERA seventh, WHIP seventh, opponent batting average eighth, and K-, K percentage was ninth. And we didn't even have Quintana until half of the way through. And Quintana is a guy who strikes a lot of guys out, just like you, Darvish. So to add those guys and to have a down year in our rotation to still rank top 10 in most of those categories, man, dude, you got to like our odds.
0: Yeah, it's looking good, and I'm not... I kind of started to... I did my best to throw the Chicago Cubs bias out the window because if I were to look at the starting rotation of the L.A. Dodgers and the Washington Nationals and the Chicago Cubs, I think I might actually pick the Cubs rotation even though if it's for National League teams only. If I look at the four starters that the Cubs have, there's not one of those guys that's probably better than Max Scherzer. And there's not one of those guys that's probably better than Clayton Kershaw. But if I collectively take the starting rotations of all three of those teams, I think I would take the Cubs starting rotation. I really do. And I don't think that's because I'm a Cubs fan, but when I'm looking at top to bottom and I'm like, well, Kershaw and Scherzer, you know, Max Scherzer might be the best pitcher in all of baseball outside of Corey Kluber. And when I'm going top to bottom, And I've got to take those four guys to the playoffs all of a sudden, and I'll sit back at that and go, well, dang, I've got four guys, just like you said two seconds ago, that I could start in a playoff game, game one, and I might just wonder, well, at that point, I can just pick it on matchups. Do I need to throw a lefty in there? Has Johnny pitched good against these guys? Or maybe they haven't seen you Darvish as much. It's a lot of flexibility in that top. Um,
1: yeah yeah you're exactly right, and it's crazy that we have legitimately like I said before we legit have four starters who can be our opening day starter we have four great guys and uh MLB network they came out with the top ten pitchers and Kyle Hendricks cracked that top ten and he did. topped up, he topped out at ten so man we got four aces in our bowl in our rotation so it's uh right right top and down and Tyler Chatwood is another guy of quality he's better than a lot of got other team's fifth starter so um top top and down this rotation it's going to be a force to be wrecking with come playoff time
0: yeah tyler Chatwood's a guy i haven't done a lot of research on but i know he came from the rockies and he's probably been to hell and back at that thin air of course field and that's a yeah. guy that could come out and give you you know i mean heck if he throws you a three and a half earned run average you're probably gonna just we're all gonna lose our minds it's up in the air on what he can do but i lean towards it being Pretty good, as opposed to it being like the Brett Anderson project, where he his back goes out and he only throws an inning. It's a sloppy start, but
1: yeah, I do I do like Tyler Chatwood a lot. Tyler Chatwood is very comparable to Kyle Hendricks—higher velocity, but he has similar stuff. He's a ground ball pitcher, a lot of ground ball contact. Strikes guys out, and he also had one of the top five uh best ERAs away from Coors Field, and we all know Coors Field, the power generates there. So that's a promising thing to have him as our fifth man. I like him as our fifth, and uh, it's it's good. It's it's real good.
0: Okay, so let me ask you this, and you're gonna know about this much more than I do. I have a concern with Mike Montgomery. I know a few, maybe a few months ago towards the beginning of the offseason, he had he didn't, like, come out and ask for a trade. But it seemed like he, at least from what I had heard, almost demanded that he wanted to be a starter.
1: Yeah. That's out of the question
0: uh, now, right?
1: Yeah. What's that look like? Um, I mean, you know, he, he now with you Darvish coming in, he does slide back to the bullpen. As for the team, that's that's really good for Montgomery. I don't know how he feels about this because he has expressed that he, he's at the point of his career where he wants to be a starter. And can you blame him really? Because I mean, this guy, this guy is a stud. He, uh, he's proven that he can be a starter and the Cubs are just really fulfilled in our starting rotation that we can't have them. Yeah. But for him to go slide back in the bullpen makes our bullpen even better. Last year he had a three point three eight ERA and it compliments guys like Steve C. Jack, who we who we just acquired, Justin Wilson, who hopefully will get back to his old ways, CJ Edwards, who's a who's a beast, Justin Grimm, who obviously had a very terrible twenty seventeen year. You know, Pedro Strope, who's still quality, and our new closer, Brandon Morrow. To complement those guys, it gives our lot, a bullpen a lot of depth, and Montgomery's the type of guy who can clean up if a starter, which will happen, a sloppy outing. He can come in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and leave it back up to our bullpen and then get that off day of the next day. So it helps our bullpen a lot. As for Montgomery personally, I'm not too sure how he feels about this. I'm sure he will get questioned during spring training, and we'll see from there. Does he request a trade out of Chicago? I don't think so because he seems like a team player who wants to win. It's just the fact that he, he wants to be a starter and, and you can't blame the guy. So um, I'm sure we'll find out a lot more as spring training starts, which is in a few days at Wednesday, the catchers and pitchers do reports. So um, that's another thing about that. Yeah. I'm I'm glad the Cubs could get this Darvish deal done before Wednesday. it's It's refreshing and it's nice to have you Darvish coming in Chicago And in spring training, working with these catchers like Wilson Contreras and, you know, Chris Jimenez, who he'll mostly, you know, who will mostly catch you Darvish, but it's nice to get, get them in the system and get the chemistry working and every, every other intangible.
0: Yeah, because I did get a little nervous when I think the last time me and you had recorded was a couple weeks ago, and I was under the impression that Jed and Theo were going to start heading out to Arizona and getting things lined up. And after that yeah. weekend, when like the signing didn't happen, I was like, ooh, like, you know, maybe that's not looking good. Um, yeah. But in regards to Mike, yeah. now I'm going to be like the at-home GM, right? So forgive okay. me, everyone who's listening to this, but I hope that they don't stretch Mike as far as they did last year with him pitching in the bullpen, and him starting as much as he did. Because I think in the playoff, like, I don't think he had a strong postseason last year. And with his 3.3-something ERA, he threw about 130 innings. And I had read in a couple different places where, um, you know, he had mentioned that he was getting tired towards the end of the year and didn't know if long-term if that was going to be healthy for his arm and he could do that long-term with him, You know, you know, starting – and pitching six innings in a game and then three days later coming out of the bullpen to get eight outs. And that's one of my concerns with that is I just hate to see the Cubs. um, That sounds stupid to say because Joe Madden is the man and so is uh, Theo. So I can't really say that, but I just, I hope the best for him and I just hope they don't overuse him. And that's kind of all I have to say on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think his best fit right now is in the bullpen uh, as his career goes, he's a force to be reckoned with. And any team in the MLB will take a guy like Montgomery in their bullpen. And to have him on the Cubs just gives us a lot of depth and options. If one of our starters do go out, and you, you hope to not see that, but Lester did have an injury year in 2017, so hopefully he can get back to his old ways in 2015 and 2016 that we don't have to use Montgomery in midseason or we don't have to go to him. But if we do have to go to him, I mean, he is an option for us, and it's it's good leverage to have.
0: Yeah, because I guess a lot of that last year was yeah, Kyle had missed some time, and then with Brett Anderson, like that whole debacle, kind of pushed Mike quite a bit when he'd have to come in in like the second inning. And unless, I yeah. guess, unless Tyler Chatwood has any injury issues, we don't know. Like, I think everyone can stay healthy. I hope so, because I'd like to see yeah, a lot of these guys go about 180 innings and um,
1: should, yeah,
0: get after it quite a bit.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: All right, where do I want to go now? I've got to kind of like wind down this excitement so much. I don't know if I'll sleep tonight, you know. Um, I cannot wait for like spring training (laughs) and like normal baseball to start. I'm taking all of March 29th off of work. And I think we had this conversation last time we talked so I can sit at home and watch baseball. Same here. A whole entire day. I cannot wait. I think the Cubs open up against the Marlins down in Miami for three games. Um, Yep. So that should be a pretty good time. Oh, where else do yep. we want to go, man? What other Cubs talk do you think you got? What's important that we
1: need? I mean, you know, the biggest thing is that you, Darvish, is finally a Cub. Uh, you know, it, it was reported that he was the favorite all along. Uh, back in February, he really wasn't on our radar. But, you know, the offseason is a tricky thing. It's a very unpredictable thing. And it ended up just being that the Cubs were the team to get him. And he finally signed. Uh, that helps our bullpen a lot. It helps our rotation a lot. We just got a heck of a lot better. Uh, it really I think it really did distances ourselves from Milwaukee. And as everyone was saying that Milwaukee could give us some problems in the twenty eighteen season, but now with us grabbing Darvish, it kinda separates the two. Um i I wonder though if Milwaukee will make a stronger push for Arietta or a guy like Cobb or Lance Lynn. But I do think that getting one of those three guys, it still doesn't compete with our rotation because you still have Jimmy Nelson out. So I mean, this new Darvish signing was great, not only for the Cubs, but um, really really for the long term, too, so we can so we can get those few guys in our rotations for the long term and and just really separate ourselves from any competition. Because I do think that if everything clicks well with our rotation, our bullpen, and our headers, I think we're poised to see another 2016 win
0: team. Yeah, for sure. Um, let me ask you this real quick, and I know – um, this article is on your on your website now, which I think is cubslive.weebly.com. Weebly. Com. Is that correct?
1: Yep, correct.
0: And I think you had one of your writers on there write about the Cubs center fielder situation. I haven't read that article yet.
1: Yeah, it's um, the starting situ- The starting center uh, center field situation is a tricky thing. Um, I think personally that our best fit is Elmore Jr. I know Ian Happ or Ben Zobrist may make a push for it, but I think that Elmore—you're seeing him grow as a more mature hitter. He's a great defender. We've all seen it on display. We've seen him on top ten uh, highlight reels, so we know how good he is as a defender. But Joe Madden still has this urge of holding him back when he hits righties. But the dude hit 270 versus righties and like 340 versus lefties, so. It, I think if he gets into more of a, you know, legitimate role in the outfield in the everyday lineup that he's only going to get better. And that goes for every single other cub Cause we're so deep that it's hard to get these guys that fast and get them in the everyday grind. But yeah. I think a as Joe Madden said, you know, he's going to have more of a role coming up in 2018. So I do think of is our best fit. And I do think he's our best fit as a lead off. Um, if he can control his strikeouts, he does strike out a lot. Uh, but obviously that comes with maturity as well. Yeah. But Schwarber is another guy that fits our leadoff spot as well. Um, but I do think in center field that our 2018 starting uh, opening day starting lineup, you'll see Alberto Mora out in center field. And I'm, I'm excited for the guy. He's a team player. He uh, said it's not about me last year. It's about the team. So he was just happy to come in, do his job, which he did. Off the bench, he would come in, get those clutch hits, uh, and it was on display in the playoffs as well. So uh, as he fits and as the season goes on, he's only going to get better. So uh, yeah, that's where I sit on the center field uh, starting position. I think that Almora is a guy that can really do a lot. He's a five tool type guy. So um, I'm excited to see him grow as a player and a defender out there at Wrigley.
0: He is great teammate. His de- his defense is off the charts. I remember just that play in the NLDS in 2016 but he had made some crazy plays in the outfield last year as well when he came in at what point does Joe Madden need to shuffle this lineup less because you talked about depth and everyone knows the depth of this team um, which is the reason why that they were able to spend this money on you Darvish for pitching because the Cubs don't really need hitters because they have all of that and as a matter of fact they have so much of it some days they'll have to leave great hitters on the bench and I know Joe Madden loves to move guys around and if you were to take um, you know a week's worth of baseball and in that week the Cubs played five games Joe Madden's likely to have three different center fielders in that do you think that we'll see the Cubs um, well, well let me ask you this is that does that hurt the Cubs at some point because they have so much depth and because like I feel like their depth maybe keeps Albert Almora from being in center field, maybe as much as us fans would like him to be in center field. Yeah. Do you think Joe yeah, has, I mean he tightens that up a little bit and gives guys like Al Moore a little more chance to be like, Hey, you're going to play right there all year.
1: Yeah. I mean, it definitely can't hurt us. I think that it only helps us if he does solidify a little bit more on his lineups, but Joe Madden's a matchup type of guy. He will take people out in mid innings to face a pitcher. So, um, I have no idea where we're going to go with it in 2018. I just know that Almora is the type of guy that will get more playing time. Uh, it's been addressed, and I do think that You know, adding a Cy Young pitcher like you, Darvish, and Jose Quintana without touching any of our young talent from our core group, uh, like we did with Quintana and Darvish now, and and also that Chapman trade. We didn't even trade anybody from the major league. It just goes to show how deep our, you know, farm system and our lineup is that we didn't have to trade Shorver, Half, Elmore, Russell, you know, guys like that. And um, these guys are going to be proving MLB talents. And I think it's a great problem to have. It's not a negative one. So I mean if if we can solidify our lineup a little bit more like um I know Frederick the you know the Cubs D.O.M. Director of Morale says, "Put our best nine out there, and he's and he's and he's 100 right. Put our best nine out there. Let them compete every single day because they're only going to get better and grow as a group. I think that Sobris should and will play a more you know roll off the bench. Which he had a terrible 2017 season. He's getting all up there in age. He's a nice vet to have coming off your bench. Nice clubhouse guy. But it's it's hard. It's frustrating to see him get starts." we got have guys like Elmora and Hap sitting out some days because you got a struggling Ben Zobrist in there. So I think that Joe Madden, if he can solidify this lineup a little bit more, you're gonna see guys like Elmora or Baez or Elmora or you know Hap go off a little bit more and break out as hitters. So that's where I stand on that.
0: And I just wonder and you know as as I was asking that question I realized maybe how stupid that sounded because you can't Joe Madden can play the matchups because it's not like he's shuffling around guys that aren't really that good. I think one of the most dangerous guys that the Cubs could look at in 2018 for like offensive and defensive success is Ian Happ. I've never seen a guy hustle more than he does. He'll take an easy single and stretch it out into a double, and he plays with such fire. He's got a great bat. He's a very valuable switch hitter that can hit with power. And, yeah, you know, I think Ben Zobrist probably does need to take a little bit of time to be that you know veteran influence off the bench, kind of like John Lackey always knew that. Hey, yep. he's not going to be the number one guy, but John Lackey held a lot of value in that dugout the past couple of years, and don't think Ben Zobers can't do the same. But Ian Happ, yeah. Ian Happ is a ball player, and I would like to watch him play. Um,
1: yeah, it's just, it's just it's just a struggle. Like I said, where do you put him? You know, because you got Chris Bryant at the hot corner, you got Addison Russell, who's boxed down shortstop. And and then that posed me to put Javier Baez at second because that that combo up the middle is deadly. Then you got the Sherlock at first, which is Rizzo. You got Contreras behind the plate, and really hit and Ian Habs You know, fit comes in the outfield. I think you know if Hayward's struggling, put him out there, or you know if him and Elmore want to platoon out there in center, because I think that Schwarber should be an everyday player because to have that bat in the lineup, it's a game changer. It could be a game changer, and it has been a game changer in years past. Yeah. So. Um, I think that you'll see a lot of Happ and Elmora platoon out there. So um, two great guys out there, a lot of speed, a lot of great defense. Um, And like we keep on saying, I keep on saying, they're only going to get better, man. That's the the best thing about this Corey Young group, that they're only going to get better. Yeah, and I'm real
0: curious what Jason Hayward is going to do this season because I don't see him having a bad offensive season three years in a row. I just – I won't believe it until I see it. And if it happens – I'll be surprised, but if you look at the back, if you look at his stuff on baseball reference, yeah, he's had years where his offense has looked a lot different than what it previously had. Like he had one year where he hit almost 30 home runs, I think, which it was just real odd. Um, but I got a hard time believing he's going to have three bad offensive seasons in a row. I'm not sold on that,
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, like if he does have another bad year, I think it's it's time to call. You know, have some concern about him offensively. I think uh, – you know, two years is okay, but now we got that new hitting coach, Chili Davis, who has been working with them all off season. And Chili went out to say it's all psychological stuff. So it's in his head, just picking those pitches, knowing what pitch is coming off the hands, doing a little more scouting report, and just finding himself at the plate. But if you do get that third down year, it kind of you know causes con- some concern about who he who he is and who what he, who he has really become because you can't sit you can't sit Ian Happ or Elmore for a guy like Hayward who's. Batting 220, grounding out to second base, double plays uh, every single at bat. It's just you know, it's it, it's it's tough to see. But I I love Jason Hayward. I want so much success from him in, in the upcoming year for sure, Cubs. He's a clubhouse guy, down to earth guy. He, he he provides great defense. So if you you put in great defense and a great at bat from him, man, he's a five two player. He's a Gold Glove winner. If he can get back to that 300 average, uh, that only better with the Cubs lineup to add another force because the Cubs have won. 103 games in 92 games with a struggling Hayward in almost the everyday lineup. So, he's another guy that if he can get a breakout season, man, the Cubs are looking really scary.
0: Yeah, because that's a guy that runs about a five-win player when his offense is running, you know, about a 300 average. And he, I think that last year in St. Louis he batted 299 and maybe hit 10 or 15 home runs, had a great year on defense, and that was really good. But, yeah, the problem is, is if he does struggle at the plate, I mean – as much as you don't want to take him out of the field, you can't leave a guy like Ian Happ on the bench if you can put him in there because he can play anywhere, and, hell, he could hit 30 home runs.
1: Exactly. Exactly, man.
0: Um, Shoot. Yeah, but I'm, I'm like you, man. I love Jason Hayward as a person, and people can fight me on this. I mean, like an actual fist fight. Jason Hayward has not been overpaid, and I do not regret that deal from a fan standpoint at all. I know he's making like $180 million over – five years or six years or whatever it is. But I really truly believe that that guy was needed for this Cubs team to be what they've been the past two years, because this game to me, man. Absolutely. Yeah, people, you can get on that data and the stats all the time. And I'm not like up here barking like Goose Gossage, who's like, oh, all these stats and these newfound closers are a bunch of wusses. Like, that's not what I'm saying, man. Data comes in huge, right? You could look at that data. And that's part of the reason why the Cubs went with you Darvish instead of Jake Arrieta, because your buddy Ryan, who wrote that really good Cubs piece on um, the uh, the five inning outings, like a couple weeks ago yep. on your website, yep. he had mentioned about you um, Darvish, or I mean Jake Arrieta's fading metrics when it came to like his uh, pitch speed losing and stuff like that. So data is a huge thing, but when I look at Jason Hayward and I know the type of personality he has in the clubhouse and how he's just able to. There comes a point, man, where a guy's character really rubs off on other people. And when you've got, you know, when the Cubs won that 2016 World Series, you've got like guys like Javi Baez and Addison Russell, who have only been able to buy alcohol legally for two years, right? These guys are kids just growing up. And you've got Jason Hayward, who he was up. He was a rookie when he was 19 years old. You know, he's been through through highs, he's been through lows. And I feel like he's an all-time character guy in a clubhouse. So as it sits right now with the two years with Hayward, if anyone tells me he's overpaid and is a waste of time, I get really, really mad because I think that could not be further from the truth.
1: Um, yeah, without Hayward, we don't win the 2016 World Series. So um, that just speaks volumes to where he stands in the clubhouse and what people think of him, because I really do think, agree with you, that the Cubs don't win the 2016 World Series without Jason Hayward. He played a huge factor every single day into that team, in that lineup. Maybe the statistics didn't show it, but the intangibles were there, and Hayward Hayward exceeded all of them.
0: Yep, and every time he gets a bloop single, I love it, man. I love it. Yeah, um, I know. Dude, well, I guess, um, shoot, we might go ahead and wrap this thing up, dude. This is awesome talking Cubs baseball again. And I feel like dude, we are so close, man. What would you say? Spring training and what pitchers and catchers are coming on Tuesday, right?
1: On Wednesday, on, on the Wednesday? 14th. On the 14th, pitchers and catchers do report down to Mesa for the Cubs. So it's coming real close here. Dude, we're we're right, uh, man. days away. I've been doing I'm-
0: everything to, like, try to keep baseball in my life during the offseason because like I said this has been the hardest offseason of my life like I, I yeah. spent 30 minutes in Dick's sporting goods today looking at pitching machines <laughs> because I swear <laughs> I'm about to spend 400 bucks on a pitching machine I bought like five packs of Big Lee Chew before the show and then I put That's a big awesome. chunk of it All in bad. my mouth and I realized people could probably hear me chew so I just spit it out um, <laughs> but dude I'm so stoked man thank you again Kyle for uh hey, I appreciate
1: having oh. me on here, Matt. Let me ask it's, you something while
0: great. we're on the air. Um,
1: All right. You've well, got a TV appearance coming up, right? I do. I do. Um, sports Feed, it's on WGN. It's a sports segment with JP and um, the guys down there at uh, WGN. It's going to be February 26th on Sports Feed. I'm going to be on there. It's a Monday day. You know, We're going to be talking everything Cubs, previewing uh spring training, what's to come for the Cubs in 2018, and now that you Darvish has signed, it makes it a little bit more exciting and just to talk a little bit more about the Cubs, because it was a slow off season, but to get a guy like you Darvish, man, I'm, I'm excited to get down to Chicago, see everything in the city again, go to Wrigley, go to E. I have a buddy down there who goes to grad school, so okay. uh, I'm going to go to he, he lives 10 minutes side of the city. He's going to show me around some of the places he likes to eat. We're going to go to Wrigley. We're going to make a day of it and then go down there. Just got a suit, uh new suit, nice. navy blue. You know, I, I had to look good. Uh, of course, man. So, yeah, so I got a new suit down there and uh, I'm excited for my first TV appearance. And Cubs Live has given me an opportunity to really express uh, my fandom for the Cubs and not only that, but my profession. So. Uh, along with you, man, it's, it's great talking baseball, but bigger than that, it's awesome for you to allow me to come on here, you know, ramble about the Cubs, yes. cover them with you, and uh, it's, it's a blast. So I'm looking forward to that. It's February 26th, going to be on WG on Sports Feet. So watch out for that. Uh, Kyle from Cubs Live, the founder and owner. And, uh, it's, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast, man. I'm, uh, I'm you, man. truly blessed. You'll just yeah. have to
0: figure out how to wipe the smile off your face because I knew if I was going to be on TV, I would just start cheesing and, like, doing, like, exactly lacking, probably because i would be so stoked like they would probably I, have to, I don't I don't know how i would calm myself down man but what's yeah what you said is super exciting because you're talking like the u darvis trade just happened and this is yeah. like i mean this stuff is you just so way. exciting man because there's a lot of stuff that's happening in baseball where a lot of fan bases um and even like hope high profile fans like dan lebitard and guys like that are really doubting what certain organizations are doing with like how the Pittsburgh Pirates handled their core and how the Miami Marlins are selling off. And I even, the podcast I recorded yesterday, I talked about how if I was a Boston Red Sox fan, I wouldn't really like the fact that right now the Boston Red Sox, because they're trying to drive the price of JD Martinez down, it sounds like they're at risk for losing JD Martinez. And they're in a division where the New York Yankees have made these heavy power moves to where if I'm a fan of the Boston Red Sox and I'm sitting up North right now, I'm kind of like sign him because we need him because if, if they don't have JD Martinez with a team that was second to last in major league baseball, only ahead of the 98 lost San Francisco giants in home runs, they need a piece to keep up. But obviously like this free agency hasn't played out yet, but I do not like the fact that, you're hearing like J.D. Martinez saying, I'm fed up with the Red Sox. I might take a short deal with the Arizona Diamondbacks because I don't like that. But when you mm-hmm. look at the Chicago Cubs, Theo and Jed aren't playing those games, you know. They're skating a thin line on the luxury tax. It seems to be if they have to go over it at the trade date, at the trade deadline or next year, Theo and Jed don't have a problem with it. The Ricketts don't have a problem with it. And that feels good as a fan to watch your team who could have easily sat back and said, hey, like, look at our starters. They're pretty good. Quintana, Hendricks, and Lester, those are three good guys right there, and we all know what Mike Montgomery can do, and he wants to be a starter. It would have been easy for Cubs upper management to just wipe their hands clean and say, we're good. Let's, like, maybe kind of save some of this money. But they didn't do it, man. And to me, that no. so much just following this team and saying, like, you know what, man, like, they were good. And now they're even better. And they're fully taking advantage of this window when at the same time you've got the Boston Red Sox in a winning win- window who are dragging their feet and they're risking losing a player, man. So for that, like I'm ever thankful because they're just, man, they're making this thing fun, dude.
1: Yeah, they are. And I, and it's so, it's so relieving as a fan to trust your front office to make the best moves possible. Uh, I know with Jim Henry, we really didn't have those, uh, have that trust. But now that we have Theo Epstein, the company with Jed and, you know, the Ricketts family coming in it really just speaks volume to who they are because like you said, you know, Theo could have easily not made that trade for Quintana last year. He could have been like, okay, let's just get through this year and see what the off season. But he, he has everything planned out pre accordingly. So his mind, I don't even know how he does it, but I'd love to sit down an hour, and just talk baseball with Theo Epstein because he's a man and a genius and to go out and get, you know, Tyler Chatwood and, you, Darbish, and Quintana trade last year. And to fulfill those spots in the rotation, it speaks volume to them. And then also, like that, your smiley trade was huge because it might not be effective for this year, but for next year, for the price we got them at, very low I think it was like three or four million yeah. it, it could be a hit or miss with low risk with high value, you know. And uh, this front office is one of a kind. And for the Ricketts family to go get the signed and be really changed the culture for Chicago Clubs forever. It, it speaks volume a lot, and it's really relieving as a fan. And I'm forever thankful for the Ricketts family, Joe Madden, and Theo Epstein, ultimately for turning this team around. Because those rough years in 2011, 2010, 12, 13, and even you know, somewhat of 14, even though half of the year was exciting in 2014 for what's to come, those were rough years. And now we are past that, and we are living in the golden era of Chicago baseball. And it's thanks to the front office, the owners, and the players that come in every single day, do their job, get it done. And, uh, yeah, it's just really relieving really as a fan to know that we are uh, we are a – you know, we're a dynasty. We're a dynasty in the making.
0: Yeah, and it's just great for the entire sport of baseball too with, like, all the talk going around about teams tanking and this and that and our teams, you know, pocketing their revenue, sharing money and stuff like this. It's great to see a team actually, like, fulfill that promise and make it work. And I just love it for the game of baseball. I know me and you had talked on the phone for, like, an hour last week about just, like, our love for baseball – and yeah. wanting the, the best for, like, the game of baseball, which I think is part of the reason why both of us have kind of, like, started what we're doing because we just love the game and want to provide, like, some sort of avenue for people to enjoy it. And it's just – it's good to see teams do it the right way, and I just hope other teams, um, you know, kind of – follow in that. that. Maybe, you know, I don't want them to be as good as the Cubs, but, like, if they could just give it right. a shot, like, <laughs> that's totally fine. Um, but Yeah, exactly. Kind of, we'll, we'll close this thing out, man. Dude, thank you again for being on the Appreciate show. We'll it, get it, this yeah, thing up. Yeah, man, we'll get this thing uploaded probably uh, tonight or early tomorrow morning. But other than that, Kyle, we'll see you next time.
1: Hey, appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming uh, letting me come on.
0: Yeah, man, take care.